0: This is Write Your Own Story, Three Keys to Rise and Thrive in Life and Business. I'm your host, Rebecca Fleetwood-Hessian. Hi, I'm Rebecca Fleetwood-Hessian. I am the CEO of a company called WeThrive.Live, my keynote speaker and an executive coach. And you are tuning in to our Future of Work series here on the podcast. I am passionate about the shift that we are in as a society, and I believe it's the greatest shift that we've been in since the shift from the agricultural age to the industrial age model of work, where the work construct has such a significant impact on society. And in 2020, we experienced a global shutdown, global trauma, which led us into years worth of reflection on what success really is and what we want our lives to be. And I believe that we're still in this bit of chaotic shift trying to decide what the right answer is. And what I'm seeing is a much needed and necessary shift to where our sense of worth and our sense of value doesn't come from our achievements and our work title, but comes from us knowing us. And I believe that is the shift that we have needed for some time because the way that we were working was leading us straight to an epidemic of burnout. And while this time of chaotic shift is full of uncertainty and many leaders trying to figure out what is the answer, I wholeheartedly believe that the future belongs to those leaders who are willing to be creatives, who are willing to create the future of work. And I want to be a part of that effort. And so this series is dedicated to interviewing people and asking them, what do you think the future of work could and should be? What problems should we solve? What ideas should we consider? And by doing this series, it will lead us into our own sense of reflection as leaders and as employees. And what do we want? How do we want work to feel? And as we make this shift, I believe as we change the work, we can change the world into a society that honors each of our uniqueness and honors the value that we bring into an organization. So if we can change the work, we can change the world. Because, you know, making money just ought to feel better. So I'm glad you're here. A couple of things that are happening here at WeThrive.Live and the Badass Women's Council is we are observing winter. Yes, we are observing winter. I've been doing a lot of reading about the seasons. If you've been around here, you know that I believe that nature is our greatest ability to regulate our nervous system, tap into our creativity, but also to teach us about us. For too long, we have been looking to business to teach us about us. And that's fairly misaligned. Given the framework that we use around here, that business is human, and while the business needs to control, measure, and optimize, we as humans are personal, emotional, and social. Nature is more about how our nervous system works. And so as I've been looking at the seasons and what each of them means, we have adopted a business Idea that we should be goal setting in January. Actually, winter is for reflection, stillness, nesting, nurturing, taking care of ourselves. And then spring is for goal setting. What do you think about that? And so I'm honoring that. And while in the past, I have gone right into goal setting. If you saw my social media last year, between Christmas and New Year's, I set up my goals. I had a champagne bottle associated with each goal. And all throughout 2023, every time I hit a goal, I popped that bottle and celebrated because I do believe that we should celebrate more about our achievements and our accomplishments. But this year, when I went into that mode for a minute, it just didn't feel right. And you know, I'm always honoring my feelings and guiding those to some degree. I'm also testing them with the Lord because some of our feelings are not meant for us. You know, those people that you're attracted to that you shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a thing. That's for another day. But I just wasn't feeling right about things. And I thought, hmm, I just want to clean out my closets and nest a bit and do my reflection and not set goals yet. And so as I started reading about winter and what the season is for, I was like, oh, because I've been so diligent with aligning myself with nature, I I get it now. And so I have done that. I've cleaned out every closet, every nook and cranny of my house, and I'm preparing to set goals come spring. And then for sure, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get a bottle of champagne for each of my goals and we're going to go after it. But right now is the time to reflect and ask, who am I in this season, in this chapter of my story? What do I want? What do I want to let go of? And in this kind of dormant stage, it allows us to prepare to set our goals in the spring that are more closely aligned to who we are in this chapter. It allows us to ebb and flow and change and evolve. And so I'm adding some things to my life and my business that are different and new and exciting, but they're not what I've been working on. More on that later. And they may not even be things that show up under the umbrella of We WeThrive.Live or the Badass Women's Council. There's some interest I have in real estate investment and and some things that are more for just me as a, as a human and uh, using my assets, my gifts and talents as assets to say, how can I use them in different ways? I love to design and decorate and real estate has always been an interest and a passion of mine. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that interest around a little bit and see what happens. I'm also looking at what would it look like for me to contract as a voiceover person, I get a ton of compliments on my voice. And okay, if that's a gift and talent that I can treat as an asset, how can I use that more differently in addition to the podcast and keynote speaking? So this time of winter and reflection has been really beautiful. And I am just embracing my cozy era with (laughs) all the soft sweaters and redoing my bedroom with amazing, cozy blankets and pillows and just nesting and thinking and reflecting and feeling. Mm, Highly recommend. In fact, I did a session on January 8th for authenticity planning, and that was one of the, the topics that we covered. And I was curious how that would go over because it does fly against the whole business planning cycle. And one person did comment, well, what does this mean for our business? And I said, well, if you had to submit your goals for the year already, fine. It doesn't mean that you personally can't have some goals and things that you're thinking about that you'll set and, and approach differently come, come spring. But many people said in that session, and oh my gosh, we had over 100 that signed up and I know well over 50 showed up, which is pretty good for a dark, cold winter Monday night. But many said, oh, thank God. Thank you for giving me the permission not to feel like I have to have all my goals together. Because I think we all feel that sense of winter, but have tried to strive against it to do what is expected of us, all of that external motivation. And I gave everyone permission to not do it that way. And let's all just honor the feelings that we were already having that this isn't the time for that. But what I love about the timing is March 8th is International Women's Day. And so I invited that group back to a session on International Women's Day. And that's when we're going to start talking about, okay, now what are our goals? Now we're going into spring and summer and let's go. The days are longer and there's more time to invest in some of these things we care about. That'll be the time that we do that. Speaking of International Women's Day, on March 6th is the fifth annual Stand Tall in Your Story event. I always say I'm going to create some kind of a a musical that you would play when I talk about the event. (laughs) haven't done it yet. Maybe I'll put that on my goal list in March. But you can attend virtual or live. Tickets are on sale now on my website, RebeccaFleetwoodHessian.com. You can buy a table. Those are going to sell quick. We've already sold a few of those and I've barely even been talking about it. So if you want a table to bring your customers, your clients, your friends, now's the time to grab it. You'll get prime seating. You'll get all kinds of VIP perks. It's the way to go. But there'll also be tables if you want to come alone. You just don't have anybody that you think fits the mold for attending this kind of session, but you want to come, we've got tables for you so that you'll be seated, assigned seating with people to meet and not feel awkward coming into a space and trying to find a seat alone. So we got you. And then plenty of other seats for all y'all. So come on in, get signed up. It's going to be good. Okay. I am launching for 2024. I said there was some things going on with the business for this year. I am launching a podcast series about the future of work. Also need a little... something not that to go with that. I've already recorded, interviewed actually, I've already interviewed three people for this series and... My heart is happy. My mind is blown and on fire and excited about these conversations. I can't wait to put them out to you. And the reason that I'm doing this series on the future of work is because we are in a significant shift in commerce that is also impacting society in a way that we haven't seen since the shift from the agricultural age to the industrial age. That big of a shift. And the reason it's so significant is because of 2020. So just before that, in 2019, the World Health, well, blah, 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 the World Health Organization published a report on burnout. And as you know, if you've been around here, we know that wasn't the first report on burnout. The first report on burnout actually came out in uh, 1974. So burnout's been around for a while, but it's been increasing to the point that in 2019, when we had the benefit of Google and social media to share the message, it was a viral movement of so many people reading that report and saying, oh my gosh, it's an occupational phenomenon. It's not just me and there was both comfort in that and frustration in that where people were saying this has to change i don't want to live and work like this anymore i'm exhausted i don't have any more suck it up left to give and having the report just was validation and it it just felt good to know it wasn't just us and we had barely scratched the surface on that when boom 2020 hits and all of a sudden we have a global pause, a global shutdown. So there's no greater sense of we're all in this together from a trauma perspective. And we've never had that before. And so it created the opportunity for us as a humanity to collectively pause and Reflect. So we're already coming off this message that everybody's feeling burned out and it's work is the problem. So the the report says it's an occupational phenomenon. So it's been stated, it was almost like research says this is a work problem. And so I want work to solve the problem. And so in 2020, we have this forced reflection. And, and it's not just us taking the time. It's we had to take the time. And in that state of trauma and chaos, as a society, a global society, we were inside our homes with our families reflecting on, I don't know what's going on and I'm afraid and there's lots of chaos, but I know I don't want to go back to the way it was. And you and I both know that was a big part of the messages that people were putting out. Like, I'm afraid and I hate this and I don't want to be in this situation, but I sure as heck know that I also don't want to go back to the way it was and I'm grateful for the pause. And so as we came out of 2020 and started to get back to work, we have been changed forever. We now know that many industries that didn't think it was even possible to be work from home did. And so the conversation currently in 2023 is, should we be hybrid? Should we go back to work? Should it be all work from home? And that's not a deep enough question to be asking. I do believe hybrid is here forever And I'm grateful for it. I've been a work-from-home person since way before 2020 for the last 35 years. And so I know the power of it in terms of life, work, integration, balance, whatever we're calling it these days. But what I know to be true is that we have, as a society, shifted our expectations of life and work. So prior to 2020, the strongest bias was, I'm going to go out and prove myself and work really hard so that I can achieve a level of success that pays me well and affords me the life that I want to live. Well, we now know that the root causes of burnout are to prove ourselves and work harder. So that's the problem. So the chaos that we're in right now is we haven't defined the new reality. What's the thing that I'm working for? But what I do know to be true about the future is work will no longer be the center. We are shifting to where our humanity, our personal, emotional, and social needs are the center. And then we take ourselves with our gifts, talents, and abilities, and we go out and we serve in our work. We serve in our community. We serve our family, our friendships, our relationships. And work no longer will be the center of our lives. That's what we desire. But we're in this flux of the old way meeting the new expectations. So the definition of burnout says when you've devoted yourself to a company or a cause that did not produce the expected results. The expected results have changed. The expected results are no longer good pay and benefits because we've gotten to the point where we realize that that didn't feed our souls like we thought it could or should and the economic environment right now most people are believing especially in our the, the folks in their 20s don't even think that home ownership is possible and so the definition of money being a part of success is, doesn't even look like it's possible for them so why would i strive and sell my soul to do that and so everything has shifted but work doesn't know how to adapt, doesn't know how to do it yet, because our nervous systems are always trying to get us to live off of patterns of the past. Leaders are saying, get back to work. That's what I know works. And those that haven't acknowledged that the expected reward has changed, and therefore they're going to have to change the way that they structure their expectations of the employees and their expectations of the company construct we're in upheaval right now and everybody's looking for the answer and so I want to do this series on the future work because I want to talk to people and understand what are the problems that we need to solve in the future and what are the ideas that we have to create this future of work Because what I absolutely believe in my soul is that the future of work will be created, not reorganized from patterns of the past. And why that is such a disruptive thought and idea and ability to implement is because as a society in our past, we've not done well at honoring and respecting creators. We like organizers. We like people that come in and control, measure, and optimize. And creators, the artists of the world, haven't typically been respected. Think about how we take for granted art and music and story. We want it to be there, but I can't tell you how many times my son as a musician has been asked to play for free. We don't want to honor the 10 plus years that he has spent honing that craft. The number of times that me as a keynote speaker gets asked to speak for free we don't have a, a strong respect for the 30 plus years of my experience that goes into creating that content and the amount of time that I spend honing my craft of being able to stand on a stage and deliver an amazing message for your group. I think about Jill Lehman who is about representing art in the workplace And what a powerful message that is, but how she's had to really socialize that message that the kind of art that you have in the workplace matters to the way that people feel. We just haven't honored creators. We want to go to the movies, we want to turn on the radio and want there to be music, but We don't honor that until they're Academy Award winners or Grammy artists. The busker on the street with the guitar case open, how often do we think, oh my gosh, they're supporting themselves by creating. Let me go and and support them. Sometimes we even think of them as beggars, homeless. That must be the only thing they've got. And what I'm saying is the future of work will be created, not organized from patterns of the past. And so the societal shift will be that the leaders that have the creative bias, the creative gene, the ability to innovate and see something that doesn't exist and go and create it, see something in their mind, see something in their heart and say, I know this hasn't been done before, but I believe this is the way it ought to be done. Similar to the way I was feeling about winter and planning. It's like, this is not the way I've ever done it before, but it just doesn't feel right. And I've told this story here before where, you know, I had a boss one time where I tried to explain that my gut was telling me something different than the data did. And he flat out said, that's not the way that we do things around here. So honoring our gut and our intuition and our innovation and our creativity, I believe wholeheartedly is the future of work. And so I want to talk to others about what are the problems that we're solving? What kind of innovation ideas do you have? And boy, even in these first three interviews, I've heard some amazing information that's helping shape my thoughts. And all of this ultimately, in planning for it to end up in the book that I'm writing about the age of humanity. And so I didn't want it just to be my thoughts. I wanted it to be the collective of your thoughts and your ideas and your frustrations and your dreams. And so I want to hear from you. I want to have you on the show. And I don't care whether you're the CEO or whether you are filling orders in the warehouse or what your role is in your organization. Your opinion matters because if we're going to design the future of work, let's design it for all of us. Because the age of humanity is about our unique contribution being the center and no longer culture being the center or the organizational chart being the center or proving ourselves being the center. I'm tired of the things like there's so so much in the tech industry that they're building companies to sell, not to serve. And as I've dug into some of those and I've looked at the business model, I'm like, are you paying attention to the problem that you're solving for the customer? Or are you just looking at how quickly you can sell this thing to make a lot of money? We've started to pull back the curtain on this. That's no, that's not the future of work. And people aren't going to stand for that anymore. Even culture has gone awry. I've worked as a consultant in companies where as I've interviewed and talked to the people in, inside the organization the culture has started to feel like a trap. Like if I don't do the things that they want me to do in the name of culture, like happy hour with the boss, you know, I've got I 20 some year old, um, they happen to be gentlemen guys that said, I don't want to go have drinks with the boss. I want to go to the gym and go home. I want to go, go have dinner with my girlfriend. I I, I don't want to have drinks with the boss. But this, the culture expectations were, we're a family here. We, are, we have foosball tables in the break room. Come play games. And people are saying, I want to go home. I want to be with my family. And so culture can even be against the age of humanity in the way that I see it, honoring our human needs first, personal, emotional, and social. So I think everything is up for grabs in the future in terms of how we design this thing. What I would like to see is... The leadership team being encompassing people that understand the nervous system and they understand how to make sure that people feel safe, that they understand what it means to build a communication strategy honoring the nervous system and a work schedule that honors the nervous system and our human needs. I think there's an opportunity to leverage a lot of different talent that we have not respected in the past from retirees to people coming right out of high school and the opportunity to intern before they choose a career, neurodiverse opportunities. There's so much opportunity right now to build something great. And so I wanna talk to people on the show with their ideas and their challenges and collectively see if we can crowd share some really great ideas for the future of work. So if you're interested in being on the show, message me. Go to LinkedIn, go to Instagram. Rebecca at WeThrive.Live. Email me. Get in touch with me. I'd love to schedule on the show. Let's build it together, y'all. Connection versus control. All right. Stay tuned. Make sure that you're following the show and you don't miss a minute. All right. Love you, you. mean it. Thanks for listening to this episode. I would love it if you would go to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. And then you can go to RebeccaFleetwoodHeshin.com and join the Badass Women's Council. And if you really want to take a deeper dive, join the movement of a thousand thriving women. There's amazing Thrive tools there for you today. Love you, Mina. And I'm not coming down. Hey, y'all. Fun fact. If you like the music for the podcast, that is actually my son, Cameron Hessian, And I would love it. If you would go to Spotify and iTunes and follow him and download some of his other music, my personal favorite is TV Land.